You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at SoundTalentMedia.com. Hey, what's up, everyone? I'm Matt Migaki, the vocalist of Cryptopsy and the host of the Vox and Hops Metal Podcast, where I sit down with fellow metal musicians. We talk all about their lives and music while sharing killer craft beers. If you've ever wanted to sneak backstage and share a beer with one of your favorite musicians, well, Vox and Hops is the podcast for you. This week on the podcast, I dropped an amazing episode with Dom Grimao of The Last Felony, Ion Dissonance, and Cryptopsy. There is this episode and over 450 other ones to help you enjoy life, metal, and craft beer. So what are you waiting for? It's time to become a Vox and Hops head. Cheers! Shiprock's 2022 lineup has been announced, and we can't believe how awesome it is either. So go ahead and check out the artist lineup at shiprock.com and get your cabins booked today. We look forward to seeing you on the ship. Making waves. Welcome, everyone. It's Making Waves, episode 46. We have started the series now where we're uh, we're going to start talking to all the bands who are joining us in 2022. And uh, last week, we had Mark from Lamb of God, which is amazing. And this week, it's Jack Undercoffler from Dead Poet Society. Jack, thanks for joining us, man. <laughs> Thank you for having me. Just a little bit of a step down. Not too much, but a little bit of a step down. You'd be surprised what six months will do, my brother, in this industry. You know that. Yeah, yeah, true. Yeah, we'll see. Yeah, you it guys could be Imagine Dragons right now because it could be your mom, Jack, and it's a That's big right. step, big step. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, Jack, you guys actually share something in common with Lamb of God, and we'll talk about that in a second. But the first thing I want to bring up, Jack, and I want you to bear with me, Chad, bear with me. I'm barren. Talk shit, babe. Say it like you want to leave. You love me like cocaine, Jack. What yeah. the hell are they teaching there at Berkeley? <laughs> well, I mean, I think that might be the opposite of what they taught me at Berkeley. You know, you guys can't say that one came from there. No, but uh, it's it's a fantastic line. And, you know, bands always kind of go, you know, you guys have been around, but this is your the big album, right? The exclamation album is dropping and it's out. And when you can kind of come up with that as like a lyric from a big like kind of the new song off the the debut album it sticks and you're like you've already set a precedent for the band like this band is going to be one i'm going to fucking be like pulling lyrics from the fucking talk to my ex-lover with right <laughs> i hope yeah i were here dude yeah yeah absolutely so it's a fantastic record and it, before i let chad and you guys talk some artist stuff i want to we before we went on we talked to, i talked about listening to the record and I had a flashback to driving around in my girlfriend's Fiat in 85. I know I'm dating myself. But the song Salt, I'm like, yeah. where have I heard this? Salt where reminded you of an 85 Fiat. Let me tell you. Um, okay. It was a sexy Fiat, by the way. Let me All tell right. you what it did. I'm listening to it going, it's not this song, but it's so goddamn close. <clears throat> it reminded me of Darling Nikki from Prince. Oh, fuck yeah. Okay. Oh, okay, cool. So Purple Rain came out when I was driving around that damn Fiat, and all we could do is we rewind to track four, rewind to track four, rewind, 
Darling Nikki. So when I heard Salt, I was like, yep, it feels like Darling Nikki, man. So congratulations for stirring up memories. Thank you, Jesus. Thanks, man. Yeah. So, and listen, uh, again, before I hand over to Chad, we always look for reference points, right, with other bands for, for younger bands, right? Yeah, they sound mm -hmm. like this, this, and this, and this. There's too many to mention on here as far as people you got to go, oh, I hear a bit of that, I hear a bit of that. We all pull from whatever. I mean, if you're a writer, you pull from Kerouac or Thompson or whoever. Yeah. I can't imagine what you guys are going, yeah, we kind of sound like this, but this track sounds like, well, this track has a little bit of flavor there. So uh, at the end of the day, it ends up becoming solely Dead Poet Society. And yeah, that right there is a mark of a great record and a great start, full length start to your career. So congratulations on that. Thank and you. I'm done talking. Chad, it's all you, buddy. Uh, don't say you're done talking because I only. Oh, have I'll come back. I'll come back. I'll fill his face. Go down. See ya. Farting in the microphone for 45 minutes if you guys want. <laughs> I ain't farting on no snare drum. Uh, the uh, this the thing about what you were just saying, Justin, is like I, I had no idea where he was going to go with that jacket. We didn't talk about this at all. I was like, what is he going to say here? Because I listened to the record in its entirety last night and uh, picked up a few more tracks and listened to them again today. Um, I wouldn't have taken what he took away from it. But then again, I wasn't in that 85 Fiat and I understand the magic of just the, the sonic sounds that uh, mm -hmm. your music in a song like Darling Nikki would uh, kind of like mirror. And then also there's probably a lot of fingering going on. That's where mm -hmm. I kind of go mentally is like that Fiat story was totally like, Oh, I know is this going to, this dude went straight to, um, you know, kissing and, and, and necking, if you will. And that's what your <laughs> whole vibe gives me when I listen to the record. It was like, uh, push and pull, the very, the very, um, uh, you're like a very protagonist character in your lyrics, mm -hmm. but the, the version of where I, I, I think it's coming from, and I could be wrong when I'm listening to, back to it is I feel like somebody hurt you and you're kind of feeling like you have to be the protagonist, right. In, in the story in order to get past, uh, whatever version of these scars that were kind of, uh, given to you. So with that, with all of that nonsense behind me, why, um, did you take, did it take this long to put this record out? Cause you started the band in 2013, right? Yeah, we started in 2013. Um, you know, to be completely honest, we were just, when we started the band, we're so like, go, go, go that our, we kind of adopted this mindset of just like, well, nobody, nobody wants a record right now. Like nobody knows who we are. So let's just put out music and let's just keep putting out music, singles, EPs, doesn't fucking matter. Let's just stay on the radar if we think it's good, we'll put it out. And uh, that's just kind of how we did it for six, seven years. And then about, I guess, three years ago, we had some traction and we were like, maybe we should start considering a full length. Like maybe we should do something with it. And I wasn't, I, I actually wasn't on board with it at first. And, and our, the, our guitarist kept pushing for it. And, and so I was like, all right, well, let's see where we go from here. We had a few songs. And we were like, let's just start amassing this stuff. And so I think over, you know, the course of two years, you, you go, especially since we moved across the country, there was just a lot of change that was happening. And I think that it reflected in the evolution of the album within itself. I think we, we changed as people, we changed as musicians and that was, that was the reflection. So that's really the reason it took so long to put it out. It's just like, we didn't think anybody really like gave a shit yet. And so when we decided, well, it's about time, I think. And 
things were starting to line up and they continued to line up. So we were like, all right, let's, let's go through with this. Let's see what we come out with. That's uh, first of all, so you're in Los Angeles currently. You made the record in Los Angeles. I would, I would take it. I would. Yeah, yeah, Orange County specifically, but yeah. Okay, so I, I would have to be, I'd be remiss if I didn't say I don't know where your origination actually is. I would assume in Georgia. I don't know why, but am I right or wrong? No, 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 no. very, very wrong, very wrong. But that's okay. okay. Uh, we, we started as a band in uh, New England in, in uh, Boston, Massachusetts. We all met in very college. Wrong. Yeah, yeah. No, that's fine though. We're from all over the country. Still very wrong, even if we are spread out over the country, but you know, it's okay. I, I appreciate the, the <laughs> risk. Uh, yeah. So we started in uh, New England. Risk. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> and at, in 2016, in 2016, July of 2016, uh, my guitarist, who's also named Jack, texted me and was like, all right, are we going to move? Are we going to do something? And I was like, yeah. And he was like, do you want to move to LA? And I was like, yeah. And he was like, when do you want to do it? We just kind of looked at each other. We were like, next week? Let's do it. Yeah, fuck it. And so we just got in his his grandparents had just given him a 2001 Ford Taurus uh, and as kind of like a graduation gift or whatever, just a hand-me-down thing. And we loaded <laughs> it up to the absolute brink, like brim with all of our, like everybody's gear. There's like way too much of suspension. Like the tires were almost touching the wheel well. And we just started driving. And then that thing blew out. What's up? Just the two of you? Just the two of us went. Okay. And then our our bassist and drummer met us later and uh, a couple like a month or two later. And uh, okay. yeah, we just started driving across the country. But um but that was like that was kind of like where we originated and we got out to California and we were just like, All right, well, what do we do now? Let's just start meeting people and playing. And so we just kept playing and kept playing and met more and more people and grew and grew. Um so there's so many questions I have because I've done I've done a version of what you're talking about a couple times in my life. Uh, but I, as you were telling me the story, the only thing I could think about is this is a rival in this Ford Taurus that's filled to the brim. A 2001. Oh, the say. Ford Taurus didn't make it. Okay, the Ford okay. Taurus didn't make it. <laughs> I'm 100 saying like <laughs> this fucking had that to thing be a was disaster. left in a parking lot in Beaver Creek, Colorado, and I never saw it again. That's Dude, fantastic. Beaver Creek. Creek, yeah. I, I had a vehicle break down and catch on fire uh, on me about two towns over in Silvertown, Silverthorn. No in the fucking valley. way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. An RV that we were on tour uh, with at the time burnt to the ground in a Target parking lot. What, what parking lot in Beaverton were you in? Holy fuck. Did you did you leave it in a Target parking lot in Beaverton or something? Uh, no, I, I think we left okay. it in a we left it in a mechanic parking lot. That would have been okay. wild. That would have been wild. You know, it just shows that Colorado (laughs) hates artists. Yeah. (laughs) Those mountains, that's the mountains are the great filter for throwing artists. If you can make it over those mountains, you deserve whatever stardom is on the other side of them. Exactly. Maybe it loves artists because it just like, dude, listen, listen, we're cool. If you just stay here for a while, you figure that out. That's why they put those mountains there. Like, you're not fucking going anywhere. You you play, I love playing Denver, by the way. So, you know, if it breaks down again there, we'll just stay there There again. There you go. Hey, uh, uh, Jack, Chad was saying something uh, about the record. It had a, a certain tone to it. it was like, it sounds like a makeup record record or like a heartbreak record. To me, it sounds like it's like a modern version of the Afghan Wigs Gentleman album. Ooh. Okay. Do you recall that album at all? I don't. I don't. You're Go, going to find please. this podcast. 
You're going to find in this podcast that there are massive holes in my musical vocabulary. Well, if do yourself a favor. When you get a chance, gentlemen by the Afghan wigs, it's Greg Dooley at his, at his finest as far as like, you know, he's a Lothario type, but someone burned him, man. And you know what? This whole album is dedicated to her. So, oh, so it's, yeah, it's got that kind of feel to it. But you're, you're talking, funny, you're talking about the hesitation to put out that full length. But, you know, it always comes back to the fact that, like, hey, you have your whole lifetime to make that first record, right? The follow ups yeah. are the trouble. How are we going to do this? How are we going to continue this or top it or whatever, stay, stay equal with it? But um, yeah, it, obviously having the benefit of EPs out, so you can kind of test the waters of that. Actually, having to jump in the entire pool. Yeah, that's. I mean, that was kind of like the thing. Is just, I think that like for us, uh, sorry to interject, but like I think for us, like they, we had we let music kind of write itself. That's why our musical kind of tends to sound very different from you know song to song, and like. But like, yeah, yeah, like uh, continue. I don't know where I was going with that. I forgot. <laughs> well, I can tell you that you're that you've mentioned a song. A song. I, I think probably Chad probably heard too. Is you guys are very far ranging. There's no box that you've been put into. You guys, there's hard riveting songs, and then there's songs that are almost like ballads. You have a ballad for crying out loud. Yeah. So anyone who goes into this expecting, hey, put on the record, we're going to the pool and have a party because they heard one song, Coda or something like that, they're gonna go. Shit, man. Wait a minute. Hold on. <laughs> yeah. Bring that to the record. Bring it to the after party. Bring it to this. Bring it, play it Sunday morning because it apl- it applies to every part, every mood. So it's, 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 it succeeds in that. It's like basically you. it's your carry-all. It's the Swiss Army night of re- life of records. So, yeah. I appreciate cool. that, man. That was very that was done very purposefully and not purposefully at all. I think I, 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 I appreciate you saying that because that's what, I mean, it's, we wanted a record that hit every single mood. And I think it's something that's both been beneficial for us and hindered us at the same time is that we don't like to pick a lane because we're not trying to pick a lane. We just write whatever makes us feel something. And if it's good enough, we put it out. And so yep. we'll see in the future if that is better or worse for us, but you know, that's what we do. Um, can I ask you a question? I mean, I, I respect everything. I mean, that's the way to do it. Yeah, I, I don't think that the album game is the is 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 the way currently that any artist. I mean, putting out a record after you've done what you've done is the is the is the way. You know, you built the story, mm-hmm. you put the bricks in in the ground, and now somebody can actually digest. If they're a fan before that, they can digest it. But to people who wait for the full encompassing book, that that's their, now they're catching on, right? So uh, mm-hmm. then, when I think about all of what you just said, your four friends traveling across uh, America to LA, classic story. You get there, you start playing, you start meeting. Um, things start to work out clearly because you're still together as a band. Uh, who did you decide? Uh, I, I assume that you're probably one of the principal songwriters, Jack? Uh, yeah, yeah. So when you're thinking about producing a record after putting out the bricks that lay the path, um, mm-hmm. I don't know who produced this record, and I'm not exactly sure why it was Orange County. or I don't know the history, so if you don't mind maybe filling me in so hopefully our listeners can listen. Uh, yeah. Understand, but, you know, that's a, it's a huge piece when you've, when you've done all of that, and then you give somebody the reins to, to, to kind of, like, bring all the cattle home, right? So yeah. who did it, why, and why Orange County? Well, I, yeah, well, you know, it was actually by a, a few different people, including us, like, uh, the, um, so we started off with four songs 
originally we were just going to put out an EP and that's when we decided to make the album. And, um, we had, uh, a, a guy named Alex Newport who's done like Apple drive in and like city in color, just like, wait, is that fudge tunnel, Alex Newport fudge tunnel? Yeah. Fucking fudge. Holy tunnel, that, what an ear for that guy. He's so heavy. And so, you know, yeah, I, know. I gotta I hear this him- story. I gotta hear this man. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I know for somebody like go from a heavy band like that to produce, a record like little hell by like sitting in color. It's just fucking, I mean, he's, he's so good. So he had done American blood and he was a friend. He was a friend of a friend and he got introduced. We got introduced to him and he absolutely knocked American blood out of the park. So we were like, let's do four more with him. And so we went and did four, we did five, but one of them turned out uh, because of our, it was our fault. The song wasn't good, but like four of the songs uh, we did with him, uh, he produced them and we'd go up to his house. He has his home studio and, and uh, I fucking love being in the studio. So it's just, it was just a dream to do it with him. And, and uh, he's such a, just a laid back fun guy. And um, we did the four songs with him. And then we kind of, we kind of took over the mixing process from there. And um, then we kind of started collecting more and more songs and we self-produced them because it was just like when you when you're in a band for a long time and you don't co-write and you it's just the four of you on like a music island basically you go so far down these like rabbit holes of of like what makes you tick that it's hard to find another person that you can bring on board that knows exactly how you got to the place that you're in. So for us, it's always been a very self-driven thing of like, we know exactly what we are trying to hear. And so we like to kind of keep our hands very much on the reins. And uh, we just, as we evolved and started taking on all these new songs, we kind of produced them ourselves and then we'd get opinions from people and whatnot and we'd adjust. And then we, uh, we somehow landed uh, Tom Delgatti, who uh, Delgetti, who uh, mixed Royal Blood's first album to mix our album, and that fucking blew my mind because that's one of my favorite albums of all time. And uh, our fr- actually our first conversation with him on the phone, he was talking about like right, like helping them write, like come on over, or like listening to them and helping produce them. He's like, what the fuck, dude? Yeah, and. You know, and that makes so, sense. It's a very propulsive sounding album. Uh, what, what our album is? Yeah, it's got a punch to it. The same with the Royal Blood did. So that kind of makes sense yeah. to have that connection there. Yeah, I and I fucking, you know, I fucking love that band. Like, I'm not afraid to hide it. Like, I know they're, they're like almost the same age as me, but I fucking love that band. And, um, but, uh, so he, he started, he did the mixing and then he also kind of like produ- produced a little bit in it. And it just like, it was just, it, the way it came together was just awesome. And uh, yeah, so it was, it was a mixture of, of producers and like self-producing and, and it's just chaos, which is usually how it goes in our band. So, yeah. I mean, that sounds like the perfect, like one, two punch. Uh, and now it makes a lot of sense to, I mean, knowing that you guys are, you know, as a unit writing and then very, it sounds like very limited people were involved in that process of, of producing, mixing all that stuff in general. So like knowing that those two 
people of, of any of them uh, were at the helms of any of it mm-hmm. mixed with what you're saying in your story. That's why it sounds so uh, romantic for sure, man. Yeah. Yeah. Romantic as shit. Turning yeah. me on. <laughs> it, it's, it's, it's funny. Yeah, I'm fucking <laughs> right now, dude. Can we talk label geekiness for just a second? So it's funny yeah. you guys are out in Spine Farm. Spine Farm kind of made their name on being this black metal aggressive Norwegian Scandinavian type of stuff. And now they opened up basically their palette and brought in all these type of band like yourselves to really mm-hmm. spread out what the idea of who they are as a label is. They still kept the old stuff from some of those kind of more aggressive bands that now they bring it into like, hey, how can we how can we connect with American audiences? How can we connect with American radio? How did you guys, how did you connect with that? How did that connection happen <laughs> between Spine Farm and, and Dead Poet Society? Uh, so I, as I, I think, I think the way it went was our booking agent, Andrew Buck, who was, who is Bad Flower booking agent. And we mm-hmm. went on, they took us on tour and Andrew really liked us and wanted to be, you know, a, wanted to be our booking agent. And, uh, he introduced us to a really good friend of his named, uh, Darren Delacio, who is now our A&R and he worked at Spine Farm and Darren like loved our music and came out to a show in Jersey. And we just started talking and, and hit it off. And he understood what we were trying to do because, you know, we had had like, as, as with every musician that, has ever lived you get fucking constantly dicked around by people who are all talk and not action and and i think that we constantly got feedback that we were we were still looking for our sound and like and like you know you know that they have a lot of good music and whatnot this is their words on mine and uh but like they're still looking for the sound it's like no we know what we sound like we know what it's just that our music sounds a lot different because we don't try to put any restraints on it and he was the first one to really get that in reality it's probably that we were just writing shit music and they didn't want to tell us but but i like to tell myself that this this is really what it was sure the so darren darren like understood our band and like understood what we were going for and he was like i get what you guys are trying to do so let let me help you and introduced us to, you know, the Spine Farm team and, and things just kind of kept rolling. And I was expecting it to like, as has in the past, just kind of fall apart and it didn't. And, and they stuck true to their word and it was fucking awesome, you know? And it's rare. It's, it's, I wouldn't say it's rare, but it's a nice thing to find people who speak with their actions and not their words. And those people are really valuable and you got to hold them close. Well, it's funny too. We're in a day and age when people, oh, well, labels don't matter. Let me tell you, labels matter. They still matter. I would say they do. Yeah, yeah I would they, say do. they do. They do. So, yeah, it's, I think that it's more like you know, people will say there's just a bank or whatever, and yeah, that's the version of it. But like when you have somebody, when you have some labels matter, when you have somebody there who cares about the project. If you yeah. don't mm-hmm. have anybody or your project as per, somebody who had somebody who cared about the project, and then that person left the label, and I was we were sitting in a situation where it's like, who's going to take over this as our product manager or whatever it was. Um, and knowing the, what the reverse of that would look like is like the label name doesn't matter. And just because you have a budget, that doesn't matter. They're going to spend it the wrong way and they're not going to or they're not going to spend it until a manager pushes them to, you know, like, yeah, so I, I always have to say, like, you could sign to any label. But if that label is using you as the glue or the stone to, uh, you know, find the sword, then you're fucked. You know, you're worse yeah. off than being independent in that record that you put out that you put your heart and soul into is 
you know, essentially just a piece of dried up shit to somebody. Yeah. Else. And that's, even if it's I amazing. Mean, yeah. I think that everybody, I, I, that was, that's kind of the risk you take, but I felt very confident in the fact that, you know, like Darren, Darren is a, is a really solid dude and he's helped us a lot. And everybody on that label has been very, very, um, awesome as far as giving us independence and uh, letting us do our thing and just trusting us. And I think that that is like, it's the most ideal situation for us. You mentioned Bad Flower and Andrew and you're sharing an agent. Uh, I assume that he's still Andrew is still your your agent in the U.S. I saw some. Yes. I saw that you guys did the live stream in in March, and it looked like you did it from a barn. And then I I started reading further, and I I know the the Bad Flower dudes pretty well, and um, actually I work with Ryan. Um, so I was. Oh yeah. I, I, I was reading. I said, "Wait, a barn in Tennessee? Wait a second. I looked at the picture of one of the of the video. The one thing I'm like, I think that's the. Oh, and I read and it was. So yeah. your your friendship became so close from that tour, it sounds like. I don't know how you guys originally met, but like they they were like, come out to Nashville, which is quite the hike, and use this space to do this. And, uh, I didn't get to watch the live stream, but can you tell us a little bit about um, you know that process? Because it, it seemingly was looked really cool. Yeah, well, I mean, we all fucking love... Bad Flowers, they're, they're just like some rare they're rare people. They're just rare people. They're, they're fucking the sweetest, most giving and generous, like just, they're just amazing people. And we owe a lot of where we are right now to them because they, you know, they took a chance and brought us on tour and let us open for them. And since then they've just, and they've offered us so much help that like, it's just wild. Like, are you like, are you guys doing this for something? It's, it's amazing. And I, I, I love all of them in the band. They're all sweet people. And, and we originally met them because, so we went and saw them like back in like 2016, 2017, cause they were playing the Viper room uh, and we were just picking a band. We just picked the band. Let's go and see a band tonight. Let's see if we can meet them. And, uh, they went and played the Viper room on sunset. And afterwards we talked to them a little bit and Jack, the, our guitarist, um, became friends with the drummer, Anthony. And uh, a couple years went by and they would, you know, connect it every once in a while and hang out. And then Josh, uh, the singer of Bad Flower, one day Liz found one of our songs called Under My Skin and he really liked the bridge of it. So he listened to a few more songs and he listened to Coda and he loved that song. And they were trying to pick a band to go on tour with them. This was in 2019. And uh, he was like, what about this band? Like Dead Poets Society. This is what I understand from the story. And, and uh, Anthony, their drummer, was like, uh, I, I know the guitarist of that band. And they were like, oh, for real? Let's do it. And they brought us on tour. And, I mean, I, we're with Spine Farm now. We have Andrew Bach. We're playing Ship Rock. It's like it all sparked from that one little thing. And they've just been so generous and kind ever since then. And I love all of them to death. You know, I, text, I actually was texting Ryan just the other day. Yeah, that's awesome. It, you're you're 100 percent correct. I mean, it, it, correct about the band, the band, the fellas. Uh, there, but you know that story is in, incredibly important. Not just about Bad Flower and Dead Poet Society, but about the bridge of humanity, humility, connectivity, and how it transforms mm-hmm. and translates to like the literal culture that we're all a part of here. And, and there's no better version of that, I think, than Shiprocked in the family that. Uh, you'll you'll soon meet on on the ship 
simply because they are the ultimate giving source. And I'm sure you've heard about it. If you've talked to anybody who's done this shit before, even mean, I don't even, maybe even your agent might've been like, listen, dude, this is going to change a lot of things potentially for you just simply by being in this room. The space that these people inhabit and the culture that has been built there, it is forever, uh, it will forever be ingrained in you and your band as you move forward in your career. Um, I'm so excited to play. Been on a ship, I've by the way. Have you ever been? never been on a cruise in my life? So this is all going to be new. This is all. Gonna yeah, be it's new it's it's super interesting. Um, Let's go straight for the Bermuda, Bermuda Triangle, man. Like that's where <laughs> I'm trying to go. I'm trying to disappear. Oh. At three o'clock in the morning after you left the casino, you're going to feel like you were there. Um, oh fuck yeah! <laughs> yeah, the the interesting thing too is that. Uh, they all love a lot of the strip rock. They love the bands they know. They've been on before the big bands, but it's always the joy though to find those bands that they're unfamiliar with, and it becomes like their thing, like their band. This is their thing. I was there, and then they start looking out for you as, as you're coming through their town. They saw you on Ship Rock. You're part of the brand and the thing and the family and community they love. It's just this really. Chad said it. It's just this thing that snowballs and becomes this like if you play. Pigs Knuckle, Arkansas. If we have fifty people that, from Shiprock that went to Pigs Knuckle, Arkansas, and they live there, they're going to be the fifty who show up. Uh, so, that's fucking awesome. Yeah, man. so you've already got a built-in audience there. But uh, we're actually live on Facebook now. So hi, everybody. Excellent. What's All up? Right. What's up? Hey, Steve Miller's watching. Is that the Steve Miller or just Steve Miller from the band? Steven. The he is <laughs> from the, the from band. band? <laughs> <laughs> from the band, Steve Miller. Wait, Steve, so, Miller from hey, Steve Miller, man. <laughs> Steve Miller, if it's Steve, if you're the Joker, just give us a thumbs up, brother. I heard it. So yeah, it's speaking really quickly, a bad flower. It's such a again, listen to the record. It's, you guys are such a really good bookend with them. You know, they yeah. just kind of yeah. like it just kind of fits. Like if someone goes, "Well, what's the bill tonight?" and someone goes, "It's bad flower and dead post," dead post is I'm like, "Well, you better piss before you start because you're not going to leave for three hours. <laughs> you're sticking around." Yeah, man. Yeah, because it's going to be seamless. Yeah, yeah. I mean, not, you know, I I love opening for them too because it's like, you know, you always have this little, when you when you get on stage initially, you're like, you're like, I want to fucking do the best I can. I want to push myself every single night and put on the best performance possible because when you're, when you're opening for a band like Bad Flower, they put on such a ridiculous show that, that you're just like, it really, really makes you step your game up where you're just like, they get on, you're just like, fuck, I have so much to learn. Like, I got to get more experience. And that's, that's, I mean, it's so much fun opening for them. So, yeah, I think it's a really good relationship because they're, they're pushing us and they're teaching us a lot. And I, I love it. I'm fucking happy to hear that. Like, just, like I said, it could be any two bands. But when, you, when those conversations, I share sentiments very similar to, to, to what you're saying from other bands, you know, like my mm -hmm. career. Uh, as a singer in a band, for it always ba was based upon those things for the start of our career. I mean, shit, even Shiprock was the, the the one of the vessels that like we were nobody, and they put us on the ship, and then the bands that on that ship took us out, you know. And then you yeah. learn, and you learn, and you figure it out, and you just carve your way. And the idea of how that, like I said a moment ago, uh, the idea of how that culture continues to build inside of you. It is literally the ultimate reason why I think most musicians that are doing it not to be on, uh, what do they say, the cover of a magazine, which I guess in 2021, uh, you know, that's the latest. <laughs> yeah, okay, dude, print? Cool. Yeah, um, but, yeah print, yeah. 
but you know what I'm saying? Like if when you're doing it for the the sheer love of the art, the sheer connectivity, the love mm-hmm. of the connectivity to the human race. I mean, there's no, no greater version of uh, figuring it all out than getting your hands dirty. So it's cool. To hear oh, yeah, stuff. absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 And especially surrounding yourself with people that are like way better than you, you know, it like pushes you so much and it's, it's fun. Perspective it's, too. Yeah. Know? Like if you, if you're a fan of the thing that you're doing and the people you're doing it with, that's going to always make you want to be better. Even if you fucking are to somebody else, you know, it, it's just, it's part of the engine, you know, it's cool. Yeah. 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 It's all well, cumulative. But isn't that part of it though, too? You push so hard that you kind of make the headliner go, well, fellas, we got 10 minutes to stage and we got our work cut out for us. So we have to rethink this. We can't just coast, <laughs> which is always the great thing. You want to be pushed and you want to you want to sit there and go, well, we want to be that band. We want to be the yeah. one on a 9-10. Yeah, you want to, I mean, you want to set a precedent. I mean, like as an opening band, like that's, that's where you're like, I, that's where you're kind of like cutting your teeth because it's like, it's like everybody's been standing there for two hours already. You know, if, if you're like playing like a, like a, you know, theater or something like that, everybody's been standing there, their legs hurt. They're still sober. They're trying to get somewhere drunk. And then you come up on stage and like, fuck, start the timer an hour and a half. till fucking, I get to see the band I came here for. <laughs> and so that's where it's like, you had, that's where you have like that, that, that's why you got to bring your A game. Cause you're the opener and you're just like, all right, everybody already hates me because they just want the, the headliner already. So it's like, time to really see where I can take this. And um, yeah, yeah, that's why it's good. But it's so funny because it used to be the thing like out in the opener, but music fans are so savvy these days and so locked in that they already know who you are. And they're like, well, I'm here to see that band too. And that's the great thing about modern with Spotify and everything. We always like, ah, they don't pay enough artists, but you know what they do? They do turn people on to bands they weren't familiar with going like, okay, Great example, I believe you ship rocked. There's a lot of bands on this one. A lot, a lot of fans aren't fans aren't familiar with who we brought on some of these bands. Guess what? Within a week, they were checking them out. They build their they they build the uh, their little playlist, and you're part of that playlist now. And guess what? By the time this rolls around, they've got every single lyric loaded in their brain because when you come on, they're gonna sing cool. along with you. But that's the thing. That's the great thing though about the digital era and and, and new bands. There's you're never like new anymore. People know who you are by the time you're rolling the town, even if you are the opener. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I, I agree with you on the sentiment with like Spotify. I fucking love Spotify. I mean, one of our biggest cities is Moscow, Russia. If Spotify didn't exist, like who, like they would, like we would have never known or that we, nobody would have ever known about us. It's just like, yeah, you get the trade off of like, you know, you need the streams to like make any profit off of it. But like at the same time, it's just like, People in Moscow are listening to my fucking music. What? Yeah. You know? Yeah. In Soviet Russia, the yeah, Soviet they, uh, Russia. Was you. <laughs> what was on the rider? <laughs> vodka? Oh, yeah. 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 Well, listen, we all know the driver these days. That you, the, the, the music's the driver to get them to the thing because they want you to, gotta buy a t shirt. Yeah. Yeah. There yeah. True. So, yeah. Yeah. And then hopefully some really young, savvy executive from ABC will go really like this band. I think we're going to use that song as the opener for our new TV show. that's streaming to 29 million homes. That would be dope. Yeah. That's 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 like what a web on Coda being synced for, uh, for the full house reunion. Oh yeah. That's a great one. 
And now, yeah. Zach, we have a question. Uh, can you do you mind taking a question, Jack? Yeah, let's do it. And this is basically a request. Uh, one of our ship rockers, Tina, wants to know. I guess this is pronounced Natalia. Do you have a song named Natalia? And what up, you Tina? How you doing? Uh, <laughs> no. Okay. <laughs> no, right, Tina. Right. No, Tina. All right. So insider then. Yeah, a little insider right there. Yeah. All right. Thanks, Tina. Thanks for blowing oh, it. Oh. <laughs> Dang it. <laughs> Tina strikes uh, again. <laughs> yeah, what do you yeah. Tina? Um, well, hey, man, do you want to do a, walk, walk the plank, or do we have any more fan questions before we, we move into this? Well, let's do this. Let's, hey, guys out there, if you have a walk the plank you want to drop right now in the comments, do that because Chad and I both have our own, but we want to give you guys a chance here to throw in a walk the plank. You guys know the premise. It can be any kind of question. Keep it in certain parameters. And uh, we'll, we'll go ahead and ask Jack that question. He can give us his most organic, off-the-cuff answer. Here's a little number for walking the plank. Walking the plank. It's a little number for walking the plank. We're going to walk it. Yeah, walk the plank. Walk it. So, uh, Jack, we should Do probably pre One. preface this a, a little yes. bit with, like, walk the plank is more or less, like, this ain't about your band. It's more or less about uh, life, things, general okay. questions, right? Um, and, you know, we try to keep them a little hit, a, a little bit um, in, in, I don't know, how, you'll, you'll see. My question Dude, is, I'm, are you in? Okay. Yeah, yeah, I'm in. If you could give human beings one virtue, which one would you choose? Uh, That's good. This is all human beings. Oh, by the way. I would say um, a, a virtue. I don't know. I don't know. Like is is like uh, is like uh, perspective a virtue? Is empathy a virtue? That's Are those virtues? Because yeah, yeah, cause empathy's I think empathy is a big one. Not too much of it because I think too much empathy can be just as destructive as any sort of negative emotion like too much anger or anything like that because it can make you do things that you regret or sacrifice self-respect and whatnot if you don't keep it in check. But I think empathy is a huge one for me personally. It's a good choice. Yeah, I, I like that too because it's funny because you mentioned perspective, but I think you have to probably live a, live a little bit to get perspective, right? But a two-year-old can have empathy. Yeah, you know? yeah, that is true. That is true. Yeah. And that sort of set, and that sort of train of thought, though, maybe perspective at a younger age for, for people who are growing up. I think, I mean, because I think perspective only comes with if you have empathy to begin with. Because if you don't have empathy and you don't give a shit about anybody, you're never going to gain any perspective because you're never thinking about your actions. Yeah, or yeah, oh, it's yeah. A truly, a chicken and an egg. Really, right? God oh damn, God. who crossed it first? <laughs> uh, my question is strictly music related. Um, if you had to go through your record collection and pick just one, just one for the rest of your existence, which one are you pulling out and taking with? Whole life? Are you wow. saying like whole life? Whole, whole life, life, bud. Your whole. This one's gonna have to last you a few. Oh, this is tough. Your Desert Island album. Mm, Black Holes and Revelations. Okay. That was that. Black right, Holes yeah. and Revelations by Muse. 
That's a, oh. that's a pretty, like, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna say, I, I think it's a great choice. I, I can imagine killing myself to that record. Cause ultimately that's what happens when you choose one form of a soundtrack and you have to listen. It's yeah, like no, I'm thinking yourself, about it you know? too, that's and I'm kind of taking too. it back. I'm kind of taking it back. You now. can, you get one mulligan. This is your mulligan. <laughs> one mulligan. Okay. Shit. Oh man. Uh, you guys are probably going to laugh at me, but maybe a rush of blood to the head by Coldplay. There's nothing to laugh at. That's a great fucking record. I love, I Good. love. Yeah, that. I would do the X or Y. That'd be, uh, listen, anyone that like bags in them just doesn't understand melody and song structure. So yeah, it's thank amazing. You. Fucking thank you. You always yeah. mention Coldplay and it's like people are trying to attach this fucking like meme band thing to it. It's like, no, they're great songwriters. Like shut the fuck up. Yeah, get out of here. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Hey, while we're talking about it, Chad, how about you, buddy? What's your Fuck record? That question. No way. I'm, I'm uh, telling you. Yeah. No, come on, man. Throw down. If I need to, after five years, if I need to come to the island and kill you just because you're done with this record, I will do that for you. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> um, okay. This, I don't know if anybody's going to know this record, but now that I'm thinking about the ebbs and flows of life, like I was going to immediately say, uh, Toadie's Rubberneck, but I also know that, like, the vibe that I feel from that record when I listen to it front to back isn't something that I can see, like, uh, being comfortable the entire time that I'm alive. So I, I don't know if anybody's going to know this band, but I know the ebbs and flows of the record is something that I can live with, and that would be the band Cursive. The record is The Ugly Organ. Wow, I have no idea what that is. I've heard of Cursive. Uh, I haven't heard it, but now he's going to have about... 200 people rushing out to find out what that record is. Yeah. Which is yeah. so if you know who Bright Eyes is, the band, the guy Bright Eyes, Connor Oberst, uh, okay. he he exists because of Tim Kosher, who is the singer of Cursive. Uh, they, in Omaha, were, he was like, Tim Kosher was the local king shit of Fuck Mountain. And basically that whole oh, Omaha no, scene kind of exploded because of that Tim and his, a connection to a, a studio there and everybody likes, you know, from Rilo Kylie and, and onward, it goes, uh, start, stems there with them. So it's Tim Kosher is the real person I would probably. What's the uh, name of the record again? Band is called Cursive. Record is called Ugly, The Ugly Organ. The Ugly Organ. It's about okay. the heart. We got, you know what, we're going to have two questions from the audience. One of them is, one of them is I really like to know and the other one's a really great question. Would okay. you rather, this is Karen Gaffney. Would you rather okay. be able to breathe underwater or in outer space? Outer space. Outer space. Well, no, it depends. How fast can I move in outer space? Are we like, are we like within the bounds? Well, of you've seen guys float. I mean, yeah, I guess you float like a million miles an hour or something. Who knows? I don't know. Nothing's holding you. There's <laughs> bouncing off satellites. Space. <laughs> outer space for sure. Okay. Guys, All right. So if we get a flood, here. you're shit out of luck, my brother. Yeah. Lie, bro. <laughs> you got 15 seconds <laughs> and then the other one is and then is from our fight our, our, our most favorite icelandic uh sonia sonia sorry sonia she wants to know uh, who's your or something Did you just ask if she was vegan no no she, she's <laughs> no i don't think now she's a meat eater lutefish your favorite your favorite songwriter of all time of all time um well i i learned how to play guitar and sing oddly enough by listening to bob dylan uh, but i would say 
I'm gonna have to go with Chris Martin. Chris Martin, I think. Yeah, it's a cool play. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm bringing the record on the ship, and I'm yeah. That's it. I I respect honestly, and like I I don't know why I would say honestly, but like that's a really respect. And you're right. You're 100. Better be honest. People, yeah, I, I'm just full on lying to you right now. Uh, the, uh, the, <laughs> the 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 sheer like genius that that man has, and like you, like you said, Justin, people will mm-hmm. uh, even you, Jack. People will say sh- talk shit about it, but like, man, when you can write <laughs> something as timeless as that man can, it, you yeah. just got to kind of like give him the sword, dude. It's fine. It's okay. Yeah. You know, somebody's got to carry it. Let that guy carry it. You know. Um, Congratulations, yeah, so. you know, and he's he's done yellow multiple times over, and then they branch out and they do dance and upbeat music and whatever, man. That band just they don't they're not yeah. afraid, and they keep ascending. So it's not like oh, Rod, bad move. I'm like not really. They just sold five thousand more seats in Poughkeepsie, so they're doing yeah. okay. And like yeah. like like as you listen to the Viva La Vida album front to back it's like they took they took the essence of what you'd imagine the french revolution to sound like and they put it into an album that was modern it's like what the fuck like yeah. how how did you how you know so yeah, yeah. they're just not uh, yet yeah, just brilliant basically coldplay is you two if you two wore benetton <laughs> yeah 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 <laughs> that's awesome Hello, buddy. so i know right so, guys out there in Shiprock land, you're listening to, to Jack from uh, Dead Poet Society. If you guys haven't, check out their new record, Exclamation. And there's some real killers on there. There's some really good things to give you perspective, which we talked about earlier. Uh, a few tear And you got you to gotta know, know how to spell it, too, because it's, it's a little confusing when it's audience. It's a dash, an exclamation point, and a dash. Just type that into Spotify. Continue. You know, Jack, dude. That's really hard. It's going to look great on a T-shirt, but my mm-hmm. God. Yeah, it will. <laughs> yeah, it will. <laughs> Fuck yeah, it will. But uh, <laughs> check it out. So if you guys want an intro, I, I recommend Coda, which is really the-, the first track, first single off the album, and then Salt, if you guys want a, a kind of a good feeling for what you might catch on the ship. Um, that sounded really bad, what I just said. What you might mm-hmm. hear on the ship. God knows what you're going to catch on the ship. Yeah. It ain't on us. Let me lose, dude. Yeah, good vibes. (laughs) So, uh, Jack, what else can you tell us? What are the plans for 2021? I know you guys are doing quite a few festivals coming up here in the fall, which is going to be great Mm -hmm. because you're going to be exposed to not just – these are not club-level shows. These are massive – you know, these are stadium shows. I'm shitting my pants a little bit, let me be honest. (laughs) You're going to – it's going to be fantastic. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I'm excited for it. I'm excited for it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So we got, we got all those, you know, we got those festivals coming up louder than life, uh, Illinois state fair. And then, uh, we got Reading and Leeds in England and, uh, and let's see. So we have some, we have a lot of shows coming up in the fall. I can't talk about any of them yet or who they're with, but like we got a lot of them. So just keep your eye out for that. Um, uh, and fucking listen to the record. Listen to the record. The fact that you guys are playing Reading and everything like that, and the way the British press takes to American bands, let's take Kings of Leon. Yeah. Rival Sons, they just become this other thing. So, uh, and I'm, look, I'm not going to be Oracle here and I'm not going to blow smoke up your ass, but I could see a cover of Enemy during this run and them going, 
totally makes sense. It's their track record, and you guys kind of fit right into that that zone, which would be fantastic. And that would uh, be dope. You know, kudos to you guys on that. And Thank uh, you. yeah, so uh, Chatty, you got anything left to say to Jack before we let this this gentleman go? Uh, yeah, one thing: if your tour dates in the fall end up being like Coldplay or something like that, I want to be like, you baited that fucking hook. You <laughs> yeah, asshole. man, what a teaser! <laughs> that was fucking strange. <laughs> The audience would be so confused by the end of that. You're like, what did we just hear? Yeah. No, man, I'm excited yeah. to have you guys on the ship, you know, like just to be uh, in your essence. I've heard nothing but great things about. We don't personally know each other, but I know the people that you run with and they have nothing to say, uh, but uh, the awesomest of things. So I'm um, very excited. I know to we're going to have fun, too. man. We're going to yeah, have a lot yeah. of fun. So check out the record. And yeah, th- this year is going to be great. I mean, you guys and Bones UK and Little Lazar, all these bands are just like this very unique sounding, but they fit right into our paradigm. And I, I can't sto- I, I get so stoked at reactions from audience on how uh, you guys will play. So that's what I'm looking forward to. But right now, like myself, the record's been amazing for me so far, and I, I can't wait to keep listening to it. So again, Jack, thank you so much for, for spending thank this evening guys. with us. Thank you, everyone uh, out there in, in Shiprock land. Make sure and check out the full podcast. It will drop this next Monday at 9 a.m. Eastern on YouTube and wherever you may get your uh, podcast, be it Spotify or iTunes. Uh, remember, exclamation. That's uh, Could you do that one more time and what it looks like in Spotify? A dash, an exclamation point, and a dash. Tell you what, just ring up Dead Poets Society. you probably find it. <laughs> There you, there you go. go. All right, Jack. Thanks so much, man. And uh, best to the thank band. You. Please, please give them, um, you know, a welcome from us and, and congratulations. Thank and you so much, guys. Guys, yeah, next week, next we'll do this again next Wednesday. We have a well, an artist who is well, he's got his, he's got himself tied to a rocket right now, and uh, so I will look forward to telling you who that is uh, next Monday. So see you guys out there later. Take care of yourselves. And uh, yeah. Jack, Chad, thank you, my friends. We'll do this again. Good This is Krista Makes, guitarist and vocalist for Less Than Jake, and host of Krista Makes a Podcast, a songwriting podcast where every week I'm joined by an amazing guest to break down the writing, recording, and release of one iconic song from their career. In our giant, evergreen back catalog of episodes, we've had rock legends such as Dee Snyder and Huey Lewis, punk rock favorites like Mark Hoppus, Fat Mike, and Brett Gurowitz, and up-and-coming artists of today, such as Liz Stokes of The Beths and Genesis Owusu. We've had guests from all genres and styles of music, and I guarantee that if you peruse our back catalog, you'll see several episodes that'll make you say, man, I gotta hear that. Whether you're a fan of music or a creator of music yourself, you'll take away a whole new appreciation for the songs you know and love. Chris Makes a Podcast is available for free on all the places you could possibly listen to podcasts, and new episodes come out every Monday.